Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by teaching pastor Clayton Keenan and executive pastor Eric Ferris. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan, but before we do, guys, we're a few days away from New Year's Eve 2021. We'll be here. Do you have any big plans? No. no. It's a non-holiday. New, I, New Year's Eve is a non-holiday. Once you can set your own bedtime, there is no thrill in staying up till midnight. Do you do anything for New Year's Eve, Nikki? No, I I barely stay up past like 10.30 sometimes, so... Do you guys watch the ball drop? Anything? No. The, the, the greatest thing that ever happened in New Year's is when YouTube started releasing countdowns that you could play at 7.30 and convince your children that the New Year had come in so that you could just be done with it. Really? Yeah. So that's what we do. I always told my kid that my kids that New Year's Eve is like a non-holiday. It's just made up for people to go out and get drunk. And so it's not a, it's not a real thing. Do you, you ever go to uh, Times Square? Anything like that? No, you know, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I was never, never wanting to go to Times Square because, all right, everybody, just think about this for a second. When you're watching this on TV, millions of people in the streets, packed in the streets. All you have to do is ask yourself one question that will answer for you whether or not you actually want to go in person. Where are all of these people going to the bathroom? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you leave, you, you can't get back in. So you're, you're just well, there. You're just I don't there know how street. you would leave in the first place, but... Yeah, all of these, all those stores and restaurants are not open for people to use the restrooms, and there's certainly not enough porta potties for all of these people. So, so Nikki, thought about that? (laughs) Rescue us! Yeah. Okay. 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 Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So, moving on. Thank you guys for that highlight, Eric. Very informative. Um, All right. So, last week we concluded our time in the Old Testament book of Genesis. So, this week we're jumping ahead to the New Testament book of First John. Clayton is going to get us started by telling us what passage we're going to be looking at and giving us some context or background information on the book. So Clayton, you want to get us started? Yeah, we're going to be in 1 John. We're going to kind of bridge two chapters here because the the natural kind of heading starts in chapter 2, verse 28, and we're going to read until chapter 3, verse 10. But before we get into that, whenever we start a new book of the Bible, it's really important to uh, emphasize that uh, first C and comma, which is context, and actually learn a little bit about what the book you're reading is about, where it came from, when it was written, that sort of thing. The way you figure that out, kind of two main ways, the first is if you've got a study Bible. At the very beginning of every book in a study Bible, they've got kind of a summary of the date that it was written, the author, the purpose of it, some some, uh, kind of background information about the culture that was going on at the time. If you don't have a study Bible, the good news is that um, the NIV study Bible, they actually have put the introductions online. And then there's also uh, uh, an organization called The Bible Project that you may have come across that does great summaries of each book of the Bible. We've actually put the links to those on BibleSavvy.com. If you look on the side, you'll see a, a, a tab that says Bible Context. You can actually find all the books of the Bible and get the context information for there. But let me tell you a little bit of context for First John that'll be helpful today. Uh, John was one of Jesus's disciples, actually one of Jesus's best friends. He was there at some of the most significant moments in Jesus's life. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he was one of the apostles, one of the people that Jesus sent out and said, you need to go and tell the world what happened in my life, what I did. And so the apostles, they go and they scatter around the, the known world at the time, 
And they are starting churches, they're uh, telling people about Jesus, getting these little communities of Christ followers started. And as they're traveling around, they will very frequently write letters to those groups of people whenever they've got a a problem that comes up. So uh, there's a challenge in that church community, and so uh, John would write a letter to to, uh, the people that were part of that community to say, let me give you some guidance about this. So in this particular community uh, that got first John, there are a group of people who've come in with a new set of teaching. So some other people come in and say, hey, I want to tell you, you know, about Jesus. And they're saying things that are different than what the apostles said. And so now this little community is getting thrown into turmoil because they're thinking this is different than what we've heard before, and it's causing conflict. And so John is writing to them for, with two purposes. The first is to say, let me clarify what is true and false teaching, just to call out this is false teaching, but then also to assure the people in that community of their faith, because they're saying, well, we don't, we haven't heard what they said. Does that mean we're not really Christ followers? Are we not really uh, children of God? And so John is writing to say, let me assure you of how you know that you're in the faith, that you are a child of God. And so that's the, the big purpose of this book. So Eric, why don't I have you read this passage? All right, First John chapter 2, starting with verse 28. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends... Now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we will know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin." No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who was born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. All right. The next step in the comma method is O, observations, where we look and we simply pay attention to what we see there. So, I want to hear from you guys some of the things that you observed in this passage. My first observation was the tone of what John was writing to people. Um, He takes this very, like, dear children type of tone. uh, And he's very direct, though, like in the information that he's stating. Like, he's like, these are the facts. Uh, But he's very loving in the way that he lays it out and makes his appeal. And uh, it's very, very appealing. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a a really good thing to pay attention to the tone. Sometimes we read in uh, a tone into the passage that isn't there. So the, those clues of like he's talking to them, like a father talking to children. That yeah. that's it's really key. 
All right, two things that jumped out to me. One, one is that there seems to be a very clear there's this and there's that. There's children of God and there's not. There's this and there's that, and this is not that. And the, the writer is trying to be very clear about there's these two categories. Uh, the second thing that jumped out to me, it seems to be repeated here, is that somehow there is the expectation that kids will be like their father. Yeah. Um, there's there's, there's a, a drawing of connection between the leader and the followers. Yeah, there's, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever, you know, been looking back at old family pictures and you see a relative uh, or, or some, you see someone and you're like, that looks like me. And you realize you're related to them, even though there might, there's someone you might not have ever met, you know, like I've, my dad has these boxes of, of pictures where it's like, I'm pretty sure if you put that person next to me, you would think that they were my brother, you know? It's, there's that, that expectation of, if you look like that, you clearly are part of that family. And so it, it fits in this, that you see this imagery of children, 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 all throughout the thing. It's a repeated word. Uh, another repeating word that I noticed is the word righteous and right. Uh, this is a, clearly an important theme. There's something uh, behavioral that's going on because of these false teachers where there's a distinction between those who do right and those who don't. And so there's this line of obedience uh, that's being drawn in 1 John. Right. So then along along those lines, just with being a, a child of God and resembling him in our behavior, I think at, at first glance, some people might read this and and John's writing to assure them of their salvation, but they might read this and go, well, wait, am, am I actually a child of God? Am I not a child of God because I still find myself sinning? Um, and that's not what the passage is actually saying. It, the real focus of the passage lays out a process. And to me, it's like this process is like we, we put our faith in Jesus, we become children of God, and then as God's children, our goal is to become more like Jesus— by, by purifying ourselves, or in other ways, other words, turning away from sin. It's not this, um, it's, 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 it's becoming more like Jesus as we continue to walk in obedience to God. Yeah, it can be a super confusing text, because at face value, you read it and it says, anyone that keeps on sinning, well, right. they're not a child of God. Which means I've never met a child of God right. at that point. Yeah, right. so it's a it's a pretty so good thing we're doing this on the podcast today. We're going to solve everyone's problems. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I I say to my kids when I am trying to get them to behave a certain way in public or to think through their actions or the way they're dressed, or I'll say, guys, please, please, can you represent the Ferris family a little bit better when we're outside of the house, right? And what I'm saying is. You're a Ferris, so please represent well, okay? Now, they don't stop being a Ferris based on their behavior, right? But what I want is the fact that they're a part of my family to influence how, how they live. So you have cause and effect going on, right? The behavior isn't what makes you my... Your, my kid's behavior isn't what makes them my child. They're my child because they're my child. Yeah. You can, you can even say that in the stark way that John does, right? So like I'll say to my kids, we don't lie to each other. Mm -hmm. Now, factually speaking, that is not true. My children lie to each other, right? But as a family, that's that's not how we act. So in, in a sense, you're saying, be who you are. This is who you are. That has not changed. But you're not behaving like it. Act like what you really, really are. I, I think that um, this is actually one of my favorite 
sets of verses in the entire Bible, right here at the very beginning of chapter three, it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, when it says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And then down in verse two, it says, dear friends, now we are children of God. It's, it's true. That's who we are. And what we will be has not yet been made known. We're, we're becoming even more in the, the family resemblance. We're, we're, we're looking more and more like Jesus. But we know that when Christ appears, it's coming, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. Like the, the fact that we already are children of God, and one day we will actually look like Jesus, that's, that's breathtaking. I actually think that that is a good place for us to move to meditation. That, that, that's one of the lines I'd like us to ponder and pray about. You could probably do that either for verse one here or verse two. I'm going to have us uh, look at, at this line from verse two. Like, take a moment, just pray through this, ponder this. Actually, imagine what it'll be like to see Jesus face to face and realize that you've actually been transformed and you are like him. Let me read it to you. We know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Right now comes the time for message. We take a look at what we've observed, we've prayed and meditated on it, and now we try to sum up a message from the passage. Uh, so what I what I put down for my message is that as God's child, uh, through the power of Jesus, I can have victory over sin. Um, it's a it's something that we do as God's children is that we're moving we're moving make it in conscious effort to move away from sin. We're not making it a practice of sinning. Um, instead. Uh, we're trying to become more and more like Jesus. And so the more that we uh, make a conscious effort to move away from sin and move towards God, um, that's how we gain victory over sin. You guys ever listen to Cool Mo D or Eric B and Rakim? No. No? Yeah, see, I'm dating myself right now. So this is going somewhere, Clayton. Clayton's looking at me like, what in the world are you talking about right now? Okay, so... You guys know I grew up in New Jersey, um, and I listened to a lot of old school rap when I was growing up. Like that was like if you came into my bedroom and you're like, "What kind of music does this guy listen to?" Most people would never think about that when they look at me. They're like, "But I am almost purely in uh, like black gospel in terms of worship. Uh, everything I listened to growing up was rap." Uh, and so I came to faith when I was a freshman in high school. And, you know, of course, I was a teenager, so I had a lot, of, a lot of music, right? And back in those days, it was cassettes just starting to become CDs. Okay, so I'm starting to feel old even telling this story. I might just need to, we just need to edit this story out of the podcast because, like, how old is this guy? Um, so at a certain point, because I was now a ch- child of God, there was content in some of that music huh. that just wasn't pleasing to God. 
And I knew that I, there had to be a behavioral change in not the genre of music, but the content of the music I was listening to. And so I found myself destroying a lot of those cassettes at 15, 16 years old. Um, and for me, that is an illustration in my mind of, of that verse that says, if you're a child of God, you don't keep on sinning. It's not saying that you never sin. I think we would all be honest enough to say, I, I sin every day. Right. right? The, the, the closer you get to God, the more, realize, the more you realize how much of a sinner you actually are, right? Um, it's like when you become an expert in something, you realize how much you still have to learn on that topic. Uh, so it's not that I don't ever sin. I do, in fact, keep on sinning in that, in that sense of the phrase. But in the sense of the phrase, you don't just keep on doing everything you used to do before you were... Uh, God lavished his love on you as your heavenly father and brought you into his family, there starts to become a behavioral change where you don't keep on doing the same things you used to do. So there, that was a long way around for me asking the question, do you know who Cool Modi is? <laughs> well, the message that I uh, wrote down is uh, very similar to that. We are God's children and we will be like Jesus, so we should act like it now. You should act like it now. That leads directly into the application question I want to leave us with. I want each of us listening to ask the question, what in my life right now is not compatible with the family of God? Almost, almost the way Eric talked about it. You know, if, if our Heavenly Father was saying, would you represent the kingdom family well? What, what would God be addressing in our life? In fact, this isn't something I, I just want us to reflect on just kind of in our own thoughts, this is something to actually ask God about. Ask the Spirit of God to show you if there are areas in your life where he would say, we don't do this in this family, and you need to make a break. It may be a dramatic break, like what Eric is talking about. You got to get rid of something that was a, a, an influence or a content that wouldn't be good for you. There might be uh, something where it, you need to make a gradual tweak. You need to go apologize, make something right. But ask God the question, where am I not acting like part of the family, one of your children, where I'm not representing well? Mm, that's a good question. Represent. You like that, Nikki? I do. I do. Yeah. Guys, we learn so much about Eric in these podcasts. Every episode, we learn something new about him. It's amazing. Uh, but no, that is really powerful truth and a really good question to ask ourselves. Uh, so guys, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast today. We also hope that you have a very happy and safe New Year's. Uh, we hope that you'll also join us next Monday. And in the meantime... If you are not reading along with the plan, please go to BibleSavvy.com and download it. Start reading along, especially as we head into a new year. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week. And have fun celebrating the non-holiday. Yes, that too. Bye, guys.